Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, come on. Oh, that old building. They're kind of leaning. I like that. Wow, if you're able, would you stand with me for the reading of the word? We're going to concentrate our attention to the book of John, chapter 1. And I want to give us a little, little bit more context than just verse 4. Uh, well, we'll just read verse 4. We'll read verse 4. John chapter 1, verse 4, those that have found it say, I've got it. Listen to the word of the Lord. One verse, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. Say that one more time. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Somebody say amen. I want to put a tag on this text and preach from the subject, choose life. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father God, we are so grateful for life. We're grateful for our life giver King, Jesus Christ, who has made all things possible. Father, we're also grateful for the heritage that you have afforded us. We're grateful for those who went before us and paved the way that we could now stand in this place and share in your presence. So, Father, we pray now that as we navigate through life, that you would help every person under the sound of my voice to understand his or her purpose in life. Father, help them to do the the background work to discover what that is. But Father, we understand first and foremost, it begins with a choice to choose life. So Father, I pray that we would do that. We would make that decision to, to respond to you in such a way as we receive those things you have reserved for us. Now, Father, I pray that you would grant us focus during this teaching hour Father, free us from the distractions of technology and personality. Allow us, Lord God, to be on one accord in every way. We love you, Father. We thank you so much for all that you've done for us. We submit this prayer to you by faith in the name of Jesus. Let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. One more hand of praise right there. Come on, put them together. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. If you... um. If you like to keep a digital copy of your sermon notes, you can go to the Version Bible app, click the bottom right three bars, it'll pull up live events. You simply select Greater Bethlehem and you can have a copy of these notes on your devices. What we want to do in 2020 is we want to continue to be more fiscally responsible. So I know that many of you just do the, dig the, the uh, digital notes and so that would allow us to print fewer cards each week. Somebody say amen. And we want to be fiscally responsible for that as well. So uh, if you don't want the sermon note card, you don't have to take it. If you're a digital person, praise God for you. Everything that you need would be here. So we want to make sure that we're being responsible with that. All right. Now, uh, as we get ready to kick off this new series, um, for the next several weeks, we're going to just kind of look at life. And we're going to look at different aspects of life uh, for the believer and what it means uh, to follow in Christ Jesus. And so our 
big idea for today's message says this, life begins with Christ. Y'all say that with me, life begins with Christ. Yes, life begins with Christ. Death confronts us constantly. From grandmothers to Kobe, from innocent bystanders to co-workers, death confronts us constantly. And if we aren't careful, those death accounts will disrupt our faith in ways unimaginable. We'll go from questioning God to doubting his power, authority, and will for our lives. We'll go from sadness to madness, from tears to terror, all because we allow the inevitability of death to adversely affect our faith. Are you praying with me so far? But the fact of Scripture remains, how we respond to Christ determines how we respond to death. How we respond to Christ determines how we respond to death. John 3.16 puts it this way. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. How we respond to Christ determines how we respond to death. And so my, my meals, my, my young adults, and current culture, they declare this phenomenal phrase, YOLO. You only live once. So it's, it's a challenge for every person to make their life count, to use the time that you have been given to make an impact upon the world. It's a great message. It's, it's a great motivation, but I'd like to cut and paste the message and add an addendum. Yes, your life is but a vapor, and what you do with it determines the quality of your life here. But wait, there's more. What you do with your life determines the quality of your life here and it determines where you spend your eternity. I'm preaching already. So I'm here to declare that you ought to choose life. Go help me preach. Look at your neighbor and say, choose life. Choose life. Choose life, y'all. Choose life. In him was life and that life was the light of men. John gives us a glimpse into the life giver Jesus. John shows us first and foremost, get ready to write, who is life? Get that down. John shows us who is life. Jesus, the eternal one. Verse says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. See, the Word with God literally means the Word was continually toward God. It speaks 
of the continuity of the triune Godhead, it helps me to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is equal to and intimate with the Holy Father, which gives us unity for the Trinity. He was with God. Jesus even says of himself in John chapter 15, John chapter 17, verse 5, he says, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you, watch this, before the world existed. Jesus is eternal. So when you talk about who is life, you're talking about Jesus, the eternal one. Uh, when the beginning showed up, Jesus was already there, eternal. When matter was formed into being, it turned around and caught a glimpse of Jesus, eternal. When, when the clock began to tick, it recognized that Jesus is the one who wound it up, eternal. Jesus always was and always will be. Oh, I feel that by myself. Who is life? Jesus, the eternal one. But the text is moving. What he offers. What he offers. Jesus brings all things alive. Physical and spiritual. Jesus brings all things alive. He redeems the dead towards life. Oh, God, this is, a, this is a good word for somebody because the text says, in him was Zoe. In him was life. Fifty-four times John speaks of life. So the logos, the word, was life. Life meaning living to the fullest. Life meaning spiritual life. Life meaning eternal life. Now, let me tell you something about Jesus. He is alive, and he brings life. Oh, I like that by myself. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible. Then you jump down to verse 19, for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, and through him, here it is, to reconcile. Somebody say reconcile. To reconcile everything to himself. The Lord Jesus calls these things into existence, and he calls them unto himself. What he offers is eternal life. What he offers is abundant life. What he offers is something you can't buy because it is eternal. Who is life? Jesus, the eternal one. What he offers, he brings all things alive. How he offers. Jesus' light both shines and draws. I've I've noticed on my patio, If I don't put the right color bulb in the patio light, when I walk outside, it's like, oh, God, bugs everywhere. You know why that is? Because the light of my patio 
it shines and it draws. Y'all, the same thing, the light of Christ shines and it draws you. You can't help yourself being drawn to the light of Christ. Oh, his light shines and draws and we respond to his light. We respond to his truth. We respond to his power and we give him glory. Oh, he's the light of the world. Jesus spoke to them again in scripture. says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. See, every now and then we have to be reminded of who is life, what he offers, and how he offers it. We must also realize is that every single one of us, although we were born alive, we were also born dead. Oh, God. So this, is, this speaks of the urgency of us embracing the light of the world. Ephesians chapter 2 says, and you were dead in your trespasses. Somebody say dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. Every man and woman born is born into, get ready to write, the living dead. Oh, I feel that by myself. Not as a zombie. This is not Hollywood. But the living dead, as one in darkness, craving the light, hmm, life begins with Christ. Look at your text. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. So when we choose life, we respond to the gift of salvation and light made available through Jesus Christ. This is where life begins. So before we get to the application, I need for you to review, inspect, and examine. Take out just a a moment to reflect on what Jesus has meant in your life. See, when we fall for the trap of the world that declares you only live once, then we begin to be irresponsible with the gift of Christ. Take out some time before I move on. Just just think of what the Lord means to you. In him was life, and that life was the light. Of men. First point of application is this. I want you to catch this very clearly. Confess and believe. Oh God, confess, confess and believe. Confess and believe. In the same chapter, verse 10 of John chapter 1, it said, He was in the world, and the world was created through him. And yet the world did not recognize him. And he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Somebody say confess and believe. So, beloved, we got to understand that we are saved by grace through faith. It is our response to the grace gift of God through Jesus Christ. Pastor Brown, confess what? Confess that Jesus is who he said he is. Confess that he is the eternal one who entered our existence to save us. Confess that Jesus is the perfect lamb of God who died for our sins. Confess that on the third day, the father raised him back to life, having fulfilled the payment for our sin debt. Confess that he ascended back to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the father, providing intercession for you and for me. Confess that one day he will return to establish his kingdom and rescue his bride. And in your confession, believe in your heart. Don't just let it be lip service, but in the core of your being, know that you know that you know that what you confess is what you actually believe. Oh, you can wake me up at 2 in the morning and ask me my name, and I'd have to think about it. You can wake me up at 2 in the morning and ask me where I live, and I'd have to think about it. But you wake me up at 2 in the morning, and you ask me if I'm saved. I'll sit right up, and I'll declare, yes, because I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. So don't just give lip service. Confess and believe. Romans 10th chapter, verse 9 and 10, one of my favorite verses says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, there it is, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. The first step is to confess and believe. See, I don't want you joining church but missing Jesus. I, I, don't, I don't want you being tricked into thinking, getting dressed up air Sunday and coming out of duty and obligation somehow, some way makes you right before the Father. Look at your neighbor and say, confess and believe. It was Charles Spurgeon who puts it this way. He claimed that 98% of the people he met, including criminals he visited in prison, told him that they believed the Bible to be true. But the vast majority had never made a personal, life-changing commitment to Christ. For them, believe was not an action verb. So you can know some scriptures. You can know what Mama Nim said. But you can actually live this life 
without actually believing in your heart because I'm going to get to my next point, but your, your belief affects your behavior. Oh, let me not get ahead of myself. Ah, oh, God. So confess and believe. Ah, oh, part two, choose and behave. Oh, God. We talk about choosing life. Choose and behave. Y'all, y'all disregard that title. That's last week's title. But Pastor Baxter's message was so good, they, they repeated it this week. Amen. We'll get, that, we'll get that straight. I don't want y'all to get confused. Choose and behave. Look at verse 4 again. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. John presents an ongoing comparison contrast of light with darkness. Light represents Christ, life, truth, joy, hope. Darkness represents evil, death, the places where light must shine. Oh, God. See, beloved, once we choose life, we must then behave like the living. Oh, God. Once we choose life, we are no longer the living dead. We have been transformed. The old has passed away. The new has come. We got to live like the living. In other words, it then becomes a light life. Hmm. Light life. So that everywhere that you go, your light is shining. But don't forget, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ both shines and draws. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. Stop covering up your light. Stop hiding your light. Stop dimming your light. Let your light shine before men. The text is going on. It says, and it gives light for all of those who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Y'all, it's that light, life. And every single one of us who have received this gift, confessed and believed with our hearts, our lights ought to be shining everywhere we go. And listen, it's not something that you turn on, it's something that you are. See, that's, that's part of our problem. We keep thinking we can turn it on and turn it off, which makes me question if you really got the light in the first place. 
because my light cannot be turned off. So when I go to dark places, either I got to shine or I got to leave. I'm preaching to myself up in here. I'm preaching. I'm preaching to myself. Choose and behave. You see, when we live like we only live once, it can make us irresponsible. We stop behaving based upon what we believe. Oh, God, we begin to dim our lights, to quiet our voices, to lag behind as we follow Christ. And we let a little space get in between. Because we want to be in a relationship, but we don't want to be too close. We want to be saved, but we don't want to be weird. So we start following Christ at a distance. Got to give a little room for darkness. One preacher says, some people change their ways when they see the light. Others only change their ways when they feel the heat. Look at your neighbor and say, which one are you? <laughs> Somebody say, confess and believe. Confess and believe. Say, choose and behave. Thirdly and finally, here it is. Carry and belong. Carry and belong. Verse 12 says, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. See, our confession and belief, choosing life and behaving in accordance will lead us to carry our crosses as we belong to the family of God. Y'all, we are a part of God's family. We're his children now. We belong. We are a part of the family of God. There are no orphans in the family of God. I don't care how your relationship was on earth. When you receive the gift of God through Jesus Christ, you become a child of God. And folks who belong behave differently. Folks, folks who are part of the family of God, we see things differently. Let me tell you this, God Almighty, the world does not want you. The world just doesn't want God to have you. Y'all missed it. Turn my mic up. Y'all, The world does not want you. The world just doesn't want God to have you. 
Because if I pass the microphone, somebody could testify, I thought the world loved me. And I gave the world the best that I had. And the world spit me out and trampled me under their feet. The world does not want you. And so in the heart of every created being, there is a longing to belong, to be a part of community. We were built for the family of God. We were built to belong. And until we find our place in God's kingdom, we will wander and linger. Somebody say carry and belong. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny his cross. Luke says daily. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Our daily responsibility, child of God, is to follow him closely, not at a distance. And as we follow him, we are to carry our crosses, identify the fact that we belong. We belong to the ultimate cross-bearer. So, carry your cross to work. I know it's big, it's obtruse, it doesn't fit in your backpack. Carry your cross to work. Let them see you walking down the hall of your job, carrying your cross. Carry your cross to school when you're walking down the hallway. Let them see you carrying your cross. Carry your cross walking down the street in your neighborhood. Let them see you carrying your cross. Your life has been set apart for his glory. I'm finished. Confess and believe. Choose and behave, carry and belong. There's something about the cross. Three teenagers who were, like most teenagers, always into mischief. They were part of this church where they had weekly confession. So they went to the bishop. And they made up all these stories of sins they had never committed. But they just wanted to get a rise out of the bishop. So they were confessing all kinds of stuff. It was all a joke. And they were just giggling under their breaths and confessing these horrendous things that they had never done. Eventually, the bishop kind of caught along with what they were doing. He kind of went along with them. First one did his confession, left out. Second one did his confession, left out. But the third one. The bishop said, ah, let me, let me ask you a question here. Are you sure that what you have confessed is real? Said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, okay, I'll tell you what you do. Your repentance is for you to go to that cross in the foyer, the one where Jesus is hanging, 
look up at the cross and say these words. You did all that for me, and I don't care that much. He said, young man, say that three times. The boy going along with it, he giggled, said, okay, thank you, Bishop. He went to the foyer where Jesus was hanging on the cross. He looked up. He said, you did all that for me, and I don't care that much. You did all that for me. And I don't, I, I couldn't get it out. Because he recognized the power of the cross. Now this story is true. Because the man who told the story was the little boy who stood before that cross in the foyer. What are you trying to say, Pastor Brown? There is something about the power of the cross. You can play with it all you want to. You can play church all you want to. But when you come face to face with the power of the cross, Something begins, I'm close, you may as well get your shout in. Something begins to happen on the inside. You can play all day long, but when you're confronted with the cross, something begins to rise up on the inside. The songwriter said, alas and did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die. Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, where the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I'm happy all the day. Somebody say, choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Give God your best hand of praise. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, everyone stand with me. Come on, come on. Glory, glory, glory. Right where you are. Nobody moving, no one moving just yet. Bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are. In the name of Jesus. Father, we we pause now to give you glory, praise, and honor. We pause now to bless your name. We pause now, Father God, because we see the value of living based upon the life giver king. Father, someone here needs to make that confession of everything that we've learned about Jesus. Others of us, Father, need to start behaving. We need to start living that light life. So, Father, wherever we're on this spectrum, help us, Lord God, to be sensitive to your spirit in the name of Jesus and to respond accordingly. Father, we ended the message with the little boy who declared, you did all that for me and I don't care that much. Father, may we never look upon your cross with that sort of spirit or attitude. May we fully understand 
what your sacrifice means to each of us. So, Father, I pray right now that every person is taking a moment to examine their hearts, to examine their choices, to, to spend just a moment of inspection. Oh, God, help us to carry our crosses. Help us to let our lights so shine. Help us to live our lives with a view towards eternity. We give you glory, praise, and honor in the name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. Come on, 